made it to Friday, people. Have made it to Friday ending this work week off. Correct me on the how to show on the streets. Number one form for Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Happy to have everybody checking us out here on today. Bringing you the show from the magic city of Birmingham. Streaming to you the show on YouTube. Speaking of a channel, go ahead right now. If you have not already done so, hit that thumbs up. Give us a like right there on the show. Hit that subscribe button. Turn those notifications on. Hit that bell so that way you can have the best in news, notes, alerts, commentary, and conversation entertainment on your number one program. That being the Crimson Tide, we also got you covered on Facebook and Twitter as well. All forms of social media streaming to you the show. No excuse whatsoever for you not to be locked in to the number one form here when you talk your Crimson Tide. We got a lot to get to and discuss. The in-state recruiting is starting to turn up, starting to pick up. Alabama landing a major in-state commitment on Thursday in the form of one Jeremiah Alexander, the five-star from Thompson High School here in Alabaster, which is next door to the Hoover area. Going to be fun to, to catch up with our own Justin Smith, the scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, to talk Alexander. And all things in-state recruiting here for the Crimson Tide. We're going to get into uh, my top five most important offensive players for Alabama this season. Not so many people concerned about the defense. The concern has flipped towards, you know, no more no more Steve Sarkeesian, no more Mac Jones. Alabama has lost a lot or quite a bit offensively too, whether it's the NFL where the players are concerned, Steve Sarkeesian, he took a head coaching job at Texas. So what can we see here from this Alabama offense? I'll unveil. My top five most important players. Also, we're going to take a look at Will Anderson and why he is destined for to do even more damage his sophomore season after having a really strong freshman year. And then we got Steven Soapbox, people. I get back on the Soapbox, and we will discuss what that Soapbox will be as we get deeper and deeper into the show. But we want to hear from you guys today, the Tide Nation. You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. That's the number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Want to hear from you. Daily Super Chat Go is always $75. Daily Super Chat Go. Appreciate the support, the, uh, the donations, the love from all of you guys out here helping us out on the show. Guys, shout out my man John Ivory one time in the production studio doing his thing as he always does. But we hop into right now topic number one here of the conversation. And like I mentioned, you don't have a lot of people that's just overly concerned with the Alabama defense, especially with the players that are back. But concern is more so on the offensive side of the ball. Last year's offense, the greatest of the Saban era, the most exciting of the Saban era, when you talk about what Steve Sarkeesian did as the mastermind. Bama averaged 48.5 points per game, had 11 games where it averaged 40-plus points. We saw Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris all benefit from the offense. So last year's offense was really, really dynamic in a COVID-shortened season. But this time around, U.S. fans want to know, what can we expect from this year's offense? What can we expect 
from Bill O'Brien. Most importantly, you know, who are the players that we need to be able to count on to get some things done on that side of the ball? So we're going to go into my top five most important offensive players for Alabama in this upcoming season in the fall here. And going from five to one, starting off at number five, Jaleel Billingsley. This is going to be a huge year for Jaleel Billingsley at tight end. If you talk to people around the program, there is a serious buzz about Billingsley. They, they, they talk about this is his year, his time, his moment, his opportunity. We saw in 2020 how Sarkeesian, he featured Jaleel, but Bill O'Brien is about to make this man a bona fide superstar in college football. This past season, Billingsley, 18 catches, 287 yards, three touchdowns. During the last seven games of the season, he had 17 catches for 274 yards. Like I mentioned, Sarkeesian, he featured him a little bit. He showed him off a little bit. Um, you know, Billingsley, 14 of his 18 catches went for either first downs or scores. But when you look at Bill O'Brien here, it doesn't matter where he's been at in his coaching career, whether that was Penn State in college, the New England Patriots of the NFL, or the Houston Texans of the NFL, the biggest beneficiaries of the play calling of O'Brien have come from the tight end position. Every tight end that O'Brien has coached has benefited greatly from the play calling, the play design, his offensive intellect, his offensive mindset. So it, it, people are really excited to see 6'4", 230-pound Jaleel Billingsley and what he can do on the field. I remember talking to a couple of former Crimson Tide players, one of those guys being uh, Hale Hinches, former Alabama tight end, or Mike McCoy, former Alabama wide receiver. Hale Hinches basically said, hey, this dude right here, but next to Irv Smith, Mike McCoy compared him to Evan Ingram when he played at Ole Miss, and also Kyle Pitts from Florida this past season. Pitts was drafted number four overall by the Atlanta Falcons. So at 6'4", 230, the guy runs great routes, physical, athletic, you know, great pass catcher, even becoming better as a blocker, had a really good spring. Jaleel Billingsley, keep your eyes on him. The best friend for a quarterback as an athletic tight end. Bryce Young has got that in. Jaleel Billingsley, he's number five. Going on down to number four, important players for Crimson Tide offensively. I got to go with Jace McClellan here. Now, once again, Brian Robinson's good. Brian Robinson has some areas to his game that are really, really that are high quality, that are of great value. And I really want to see B-Rob excel. And I really want to see B-Rob do well. But once again, we are living in a time in college football where at the running back position, you have to be a threat on the field in a variety of ways. You have to do so many things exceptionally well. You have to be able to not just run the ball with power in between the tackles, but you got to run the ball with speed in the open space. you got to have a gear to you where when you take off and you go, nobody's catching you from behind. Nobody's tackling you. Nobody is making a beeline for you as you're taking it off there toward the end zone, the pay dirt. You have to be able to enhance the passing game, catch the ball out of the backfield, or catch the ball – you know, line up as a receiver running routes there. And also the pass protection scheme as well. And when I look at Chase McClellan, he can do all of those things very well. He, he's, he has an exceptional 
ability in all of these aspects. He's got the power between the tackles. He's got the speed in the open space. We saw it last year. We saw the pass catching ability in the spring game. Seven catches for 62 yards, and he's developing now even more so than ever as a pass protector. So I look at McClellan. Every player on this field offensively, Nick Saban wants these guys to be a threat in every sense of the word. Jace McClellan is an absolute bona fide threat. You have to take an account for him on the field. And not just that, his ability on special teams also. You're going to see him return some kicks in the upcoming season. He's got that to his game as well. He's number four, in my opinion. Moving on down to number three, important players for the tie. John Mechie and... Mechie enters a domain that Julio Jones had, uh, Amari Cooper had, Calvin Ridley had, Jerry Judy had, Devontae Smith had. All of those guys were number ones at wide receiver. The quarterback depended on those guys to create the chemistry, not just in the wide receiver room, but creating the chemistry with that respective quarterback. And now that job falls in the six-foot, 195-pound Canadian, the junior in Mechie. Now, this past season, we saw him be explosive at times. 55 catches, 916 yards, six touchdowns. We saw the two 100-yard performances versus Texas A&M and Tennessee. But now he's the star attraction. He's the main guy. He's got to have that, that connection there with the Bryce Young offensively where you know, these two on the same page, these two rocking on the same frequency, these two rocking on the same wavelength. And, and on top of that, you know, Mechie guiding this young group, this young but talented group of wide receivers into this upcoming season. Coach Saban talked about it. You know, Mechie is the next guy on the rise to be a potential first round, a potential top 10 pick. Coach Saban said that, and that holds value, but we want to see Mechie get this done on the field as a veteran here of this group. So he's number three, most important offensive player. At number two, Evan Neal on the offensive line at left tackle. When you look at the NFL, the second most important position after quarterback is your left tackle because you're paying that quarterback a bunch of money. He's your investment. So you pay that left tackle. You tell that left tackle, hey, brother, protect our investment. Keep this brother right here off the ground. That's the quarterback right there. It's the same thing in college football. Bryce Young, the face of the Crimson Tide's offense. So who has to protect that face? Why, it's Evan Neal. Evan Neal, it's 6'7", 360 pounds. The freak show with his, with his split jumps and his athletic ability. His task is going to be, you know, neutralizing these pass rushers, stopping them at the gate and keeping them from getting to Bryce Young as well as setting up. The Russian attack, so many pundits are, are talking about Evan Neal as this is a guy that can be top five draft pick, top ten draft pick, definitely early first round pick. And you know, along with that, you know, Neal is going to be looked upon to be the leader, the anchor of the offensive line. No more Landon Dickerson. I know it sucks. No more Alex Leatherwood. No more Deontay Brown. Yes, you return Chris, uh, Chris Owens. Yes, Alabama brings back. Emil Echior, but Evan Neal is going to be looked at as the anchor. He's going to be looked at as the force. He's going to be looked at as the leader, the captain of this group that's trying to not only repeat as Joe Moore Award winners, but also getting back to a national championship 
and going back-to-back national titles for the first time since 2011-2012. So Evan Neal, big deal here. Pencil him down potentially to get the Outland Trophy, the SEC Jacobs Blocking Trophy. His name is already on a couple of preseason award watch lists as we speak. But Evan Neal, number two, most important player here the Crimson Tide, which leads us to number one. This is self-explanatory. This is obvious here, and it's Bryce Young. Very obvious here. And Bryce, this spring, uh, did a fantastic job. We saw the numbers he had in the A-Day game. We've heard so much from Coach Saban about how he has taken full control of a team. Um, he's taken full charge of the team. Um, he's becoming that vocal leader. The seriousness he has along with carrying that California swag that he's got at his disposal. Many people are, some, are somewhat concerned about the height. You know, he's not tall enough, not big enough, kind of scared about that. No reason to be scared here about the height. We saw in the spring game there was pressure coming at him. He was able to maneuver in the pocket, deliver the ball downfield on time and accurately. And of course with Ben O'Brien, the ability to maneuver him out of that pocket, get him on the edge as he tries to become the fifth player of the Nick Saban era at Alabama to be a first-year starting quarterback to win the national championship. Now, for me, my big thing here with Bryce Young is, is having that ability to announce himself to the world because everybody else is getting conversation, right? Spencer Rattler of Oklahoma is getting conversation. De'Aaron King of Miami getting conversation. You've got Matt Corral of Ole Miss getting conversation. you got Brock Purdy of Iowa State getting conversation. So many of these quarterbacks – Getting conversation here from the national beat writers, the national reporters, the national media. So here's an opportunity for Bryce Young, being the most important player here offensively for the Crimson Tide, to snatch some of that conversation back and say, you know, I was a five-star for a reason. I was, you know, one of the more highly touted quarterbacks for a reason. I came out of the prestigious modern-day high school with big-time accolades, big-time awards for a reason. Nick Saban pursued me in the 2020 recruiting cycle for a reason. And here's his opportunity to get that chemistry going with Bill O'Brien as his play caller and put some things together here big time for the upcoming season. Very excited and intrigued by what Bryce Young is going to be able to do and put out there on the field. But those are just the five guys that I have. Most important offensive players here for the upcoming season. The season offensively rides on those guys. Fans, you guys not really concerned about the defense. Your focus is on can we build off the explosive dominance offensively that we had a season ago. So those are just the five guys right there. We take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that down. Just getting started upon our return. We go on the phone lines to attack your questions, your thoughts, your conversations, a dialogue with you. The Bama Nation coming right after this. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith, brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. 
Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion and ordering is easy. Visit emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. Are back into the action here, folks, from the break on a Friday TGIF edition of the show. Number one ticket for Bama football news. In my own words, your truly Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Got shout out Jimmy Clay. Got shout out Jimmy the Man Clay right now. That $50 donation helping us out here on the show. Starting us off with a bang. That daily super chat goal $75. Daily Super Chat Go. Appreciate you guys for the love, the support, the donations, the joy you give us here on YouTube. Shouting out Jimmy Clay, starting us off right, starting us off early here on a Friday. As we're back in, we go to the phone lines right now to take your calls. Call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205 448 1358. The number to call in to let your voice be heard, 205 448 1358. We grab a call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, Steven. This is Corey from Trustful. How are you doing this afternoon? Corey doing great in yourself. You're doing great. Uh, I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, our first question is uh, How do you think Alabama will be able to handle the dual threat ability of Deer King? I mean, I understand Alabama has an off-season to prepare, but Deer King is no slouch. I mean, he's a really elusive guy, and you feel like Alabama will be well-prepared as far as handling the elusiveness of Deer King? I think Alabama will be. I know he's coming off a, a serious knee injury, so it's going to be interesting to see how well he moves within the pocket if they try to put him on the edge. But I feel like uh, Sal Sanceri coaching the outside linebackers, Freddie Roach, the defensive line, Pete Goldie, Nick Saban, I think that cluster of coaches right there will have this group well prepared to face King. And then my second question is, which game do you think would be more important as far as like a tougher game, if Alabama and Texas A&M is undefeated going into that game or if Alabama and LSU is undefeated, because if you look at it this way, uh, Alabama and Texas A&M could be a tougher game as far as personnel goes with Texas A&M, but if Alabama and LSU are undefeated, that game could be for the West. That's a good question there, Corey. So what game will be tougher? I would simply say – I would simply say Alabama, Texas A&M, all for the simple fact of Jimbo's got to get it done now. I mean, he's, he's been talking all offseason. Jimbo's got to find a way to get this thing done. Uh, he's recruited exceptionally well down there at College Station where LSU is concerned. Coach Ed Ogeron is trying to get himself out of the uh, the, the, the allegations and the, the mess going on down there in Baton Rouge. So I would say Alabama A&M for the simple fact of Jimbo's got to get this done. But we appreciate Corey, my man Corey from Trustville, with that call calling the show there in my own words yours truly Stephen M. Smith of TDA gotta shout out Jimmy Clay again who has handed on the daily super chat goal of $75 by himself dropping in that $25 donation Jimmy 
Cash the man Clay. You can't stop that man. Baddest man out there. Got to appreciate the, the, the love that's coming in from Jimmy Clay. As always, people, 205-448-1358. I'm going to call in right there, 205-448-1358. But quick topic right here. We got the ESPYs this weekend. ESPYs on Saturday uh, on ESPN. Alabama has been nominated for four different categories. Well, the Alabama team's been nominated for one, but former players, uh, Crimson Tide alums, have been nominated for different categories. When you look at Devontae Smith, who was up for best uh, male collegiate athlete. He's also up for best record-breaking performance, going back to his outing against Ohio State in the national championship, 12 catches for 215 receiving yards and three touchdowns. Derrick Henry is up for best NFL player, and the Alabama 2020 team uh, is up for best team. So on tomorrow, the ESPYs on ESPN, Alabama nominated for Four different categories, wishing the best here for the Crimson Tide. Hopefully, these categories get worn here by Alabama. But we take another call right now. You're live on the show. What's going on? Hey, what's up, Steve? It's Nathan from Nashville. How you doing, big dog? Doing good, and yourself? I'm doing good, man. I'm calling in, listening to your podcast, man. Just calling in to say I, I heard your topic on the uh, five most important offensive players going into next year. And I like the Kyle Pitts comparison for Jaleel. I think the one thing Jaleel's got to get used to this year, you mentioned it, how Sark used him last year. Jaleel's got to get more comfortable with playing more in-line tight end now. He's going to be more on the line, be blocking some ends and some edge rushers this year in the run game. I think if he can get that part of his game down, you might even say he's not even Kyle Pitts. He might be more like uh, Darren Waller. Uh, I agree with the Evan Ingram comparison at the moment, but if he can become a little more physical in the run in the run blocking game and as a as just a pass catcher become more physical, he's definitely a Kyle Pitts kind of guy. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Appreciate the call right there, man. Appreciate that call right there. Talking, Going back to the five guys I had listed there, most important offensive players for the Crimson Tide coming into this season. We're going to go to a break right now, folks. Don't touch that down because when we get back, we have our own Justin Smith, scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA. Bama had a huge five-star commitment on Thursday, had another big commitment during 4th of July weekend, but Ty picking things things up in state on the recruiting trail you're here from Justin after this you know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter we throw the foes up but now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter get your four finger bling necklace at we own the fourth it's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all crimson tide players and fans as we represent the legendary alabama football fourth quarter dominance get your four finger bling necklace right now at we own the fourth get yours today and stun on them haters Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. 
Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. Folks, we are back into the action from the break on a Friday. Number one form for Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. People, you think I work hard. You haven't seen work hard until, until this guy right here. I mean, this guy, boots on the ground. This guy does not get any sleep. This guy is tracking every recruit known to mankind and their families. This, this, this guy is the real guy right here. No, no one does this more and more effectively than Justin Smith when you talk about recruiting here. you got to follow and show the process every Tuesday and Thursday right here on the YouTube channel, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Justin, what's going on, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, Stephen. Awesome. It's great to have Justin Smith here live on the phone line. So, Justin, right now, you know, the big news happened yesterday. Jeremiah Alexander, five-star linebacker from Thompson High School here in Alabasta, recommitted to the Crimson Tide. And uh, just when I watch his tape, I know you're the recruiting guy, but when I watch this kid's tape, I see Ryan Anderson, the way he finishes plays with ferocity, with bad intentions, with force. I mean, the, the body can be a little bit like a Courtney Upshaw, but just the way Alexander plays on the field, I see a lot of Ryan Anderson. Am I wrong in saying that? Am I a little off there? Just what brought him back to the Crimson Tide, Jeremiah Alexander? Well, I feel he has always loved Alabama. He has consistently said that throughout his recruiting process, even when he was decommitted in the tweet, he said he still was going to have love for his family at Alabama. So it was no doubt that the Crimson Tide were going to be heavily involved in his recruitment throughout. They continue to be heavily involved since he decommitted. And I think when you look at a guy like Jeremiah Alexander, who has held an Alabama offer since he was in the ninth grade, when you when you are involved with Alabama for that amount of time, you get an opportunity to build a connection with not only Nick Saban but some of the coaching coaches that they keep in Tuscaloosa. Although they do have a lot of coaching turnovers under Nick Saban at Alabama, there are a couple of guys who tend to stick around. You get an opportunity to build a great relationship with those guys, and I think that played a big role in Alexander seeing Alabama as home, basically recommitting to the Tide on Thursday. But when you look at what Alexander brings to the table, I think you are right in the ballpark. He does play like Ryan Anderson has that Courtney Upshaw type of frame. And when you look at what he brings to the table, he's such an interesting prospect because he could be an edge rusher at the next level, line up at outside linebacker for the Crimson Tide, although he will be a lot, sh a little bit shorter than the average guys that they have playing at that position now. But with, when we take a look at what he does on the field, you can definitely see that he can basically make up for that lack of height, that lack of the lack of long arms with that violence streak that he possesses, with the quickness, with the crazy amount of strength that he packs on with that tank frame that he has at six foot two, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. He definitely looks the part. If you ever get an opportunity to see him play at Thompson High School, you can tell this kid is going to be a D one college football player one day. So he brings a lot to the table. I think another interesting part of his game is that he could be an inside linebacker at the next level. That is 
something that is not totally out of the question. And even he, he can even possibly be effective in pass coverage as an outside linebacker, as an edge rusher, a guy who can drop back in coverage, cover the flat. Now, Justin, before Alexander recommitted to the tie, Alabama got another huge in-state commitment during the 4th of July weekend, and that came from one Antonio Kite from Anniston High School, Anniston toward the east of Birmingham, like you're headed toward Georgia. But when you look at Kite, I remember you and I spoke about he's a little bit raw as a prospect, but the talent's there, the ability's there, the tools are there. What do you like about Kite? What does Nick Saban in Alabama really like about Antonio Kite? I think it has to be a huge upside. You take a look at what he was able to do during his first year ever playing high school football for Anderson last season, and you see so much potential. You see some raw things that he does at times, particularly the tackles that he makes and also his, and also the way he moves at the, at, in the secondary at the safety position for Anderson High School. But you see the potential when he's anticipating passes, jumping in front of – jumping routes and making interceptions, pulling in impressive catches as a wide receiver, showing his ball skills. He has that natural athleticism, although he will only play football at the University of Alabama. He did have an opportunity to play football and basketball earlier on. And he is – Although he would not play basketball at the college level, he still is one of the top point guards, point guards in the state of Alabama on the hardwood. So he has that natural athleticism, and I think his upside is huge. This guy who has a lot of potential, has a lengthy frame, and that is what Alabama is going to continue to go after at the defensive back position. So I think it is his potential, just what you can mold him into in the future. If you're just tuning into the show here on a Friday, folks, we got Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA, on the line right now talking some in-state recruiting for the Crimson Tide. So, Justin, looking here now at Justice Finkley, with Alexander in the fold, a lot of fans are going at Justice Finkley on social media saying, you coming next, bro? You next to come? Are you next to commit? Where does Alabama stand right now with with Justice Finkley? Is he the next guy potentially to commit? Where is Justice Finkley in the fold right now? I think Alabama's in an excellent position. He released a final three. He has Alabama in it along with Texas and Colorado. Texas looks to be in a strong position with Finkley as well. Colorado may be the third team out. They are in his final three because his dad his – dad, is a huge Colorado fan. He grew up watching Colorado play, watching Colorado football, being a fan of being a fan of a couple of their players. So he put put them in more of a put them in his final three for more of a respect type of thing. But Alabama and Texas, that is what it looks like. A type of battle is going to be for Justin Finkley at the moment. Feel like I said, I feel Alabama is in an excellent position with the four star defensive end out of here at Trustful High School, Trustful Alabama. Another prospect who already looks the part. If you've ever seen a picture of him, you can tell how developed developed he is already. He should make an easy transition to the college level in terms of his size. He is a guy who has some quickness to his game as well. Can be very violent at times. His consistency may be a little bit off, but he's in, he's a prospect that Alabama will be lucky to have here in this 2022 recruiting class. He has to tighten his final three at the moment. A commitment could come soon since he has visited it, visited those programs, but it would not surprise me if he waited a little bit longer.
if you look at Justin, the likes of Ty Simpson and Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah Alexander, both of those two alpha-like players, so they will play a huge role in uh, recruiting this 2022 class. But for you personally, this is your favorite time of year. This is the time where you hit the road and you are scouting out, you are analyzing these athletes in person, whether you're going to their practices, going to their games, uh, what have you. Who are some athletes that you are the most excited to see as you start to take your recruiting visits here? great amount of prospects especially the in-state talent that the state of alabama is going to produce in particular over the next couple of recruiting classes when we look at the 22 recruiting class as well as the 2023 class inside the state as well but also get an opportunity to see some of the top top commits gearing up to play their um senior season so that is going to be something that i am definitely looking forward to breaking down and looking forward to bringing it to the alabama fan base I know this upcoming week I'm going to see a couple of 2022-2023 guys definitely getting out to Thompson to check out Jeremiah Alexander, Traquan Fegans, Peter Woods, and Tony Mitchell that loaded Tump, that entire loaded Thompson team. I think that is something I'm definitely looking forward to. Also getting an opportunity to check out the Crimson Tide's four-star linebacker commit Robert Williams. So it should be a huge July just getting an opportunity to see these guys in person, see what they bring to the table and what they hope to do this upcoming season on the football field. Last kind of quick one here, Justin, as we got uh, we got a comment here in the chat line about 2022 guy, uh, name is uh, Nolan here. I know I know Nolan released a, uh, a top five list here. I think it had Alabama in there. You wrote a story about him. W- w- what are Alabama's chances at, at Nolan here? I feel Alabama's in a good position with him as well. When you look at his updated top school list, when you look at all of the school, top schools list that he has ever released, Alabama has all, always been in it. They, they are going to be involved in his recruitment to the very end. They had an opportunity to host him in June. And when I got an opportunity to last speak with him, he talked about how he had a great relationship with their coaching staff. They always showed him a lot of love. He had a great relationship with Coach Saban. He said he could, he could feel that Coach Saban wanted to help him long-term, not only during his time at Alabama, if he was to commit and sign with the Crimson Tide, but afterwards just a long-term goal. So he is really confident in what Alabama can do for him. He has a great relationship with their coaching staff. The Tide is going to be heavily involved, I feel, until the end. We have a couple of other schools who look very strong in his recruitment at the moment, including the Florida Gators. And Tennessee looks to be gaining some momentum because they were not included in his top eight, but they did make his top five. He's Justin Smith, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine coming on here, giving us the lowdown on the in-state recruiting and recruiting period when you talk your Crimson Tide for 2022 and beyond. Justin, as always, we appreciate you coming on here. Stay safe, take care of yourself, enjoy your trips around the, around the state here when you talk these in-state kids. Have fun, brother. See you soon. All right, Steven, thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. You got, got to enjoy having Justin on. He's going to be going all over the state of Alabama recruiting with scouting out these athletes. It's going to be fun to see the uh, content that Justin's going to put together right there. But we take a break right now on the show. Don't touch that down. When we get back, it's back to the phone lines to take your calls, your thoughts, your ideas, your opinions right after this. 
Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit weownthefourthquarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up. But now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at weownthefourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at weownthefourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. As we are back here and rocking and rolling from the break of the number one form for Bama. Football news, in my own words, George truly Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Gotta shout out McConnick right now. Gotta hit that cha-cha slide, that cabbage patch. McConnick one time. That's the most retarded-looking cabbage patch in the world. Gotta hit that dance for McConnick one time. That $25 donation helping us out here on the show. Appreciate that love there from McConnick. I'm sticking to my day job, people. I, I'm not a dancer, all right? I was trying to hit that. I don't know what I called that. Was that, was that a cabbage patch? What, what the world was that? I'm going to stick to talking to, talking about Crimson Tide football. As we're back in here from the break, we go to the call segment here to take your calls. Uh, it's brought to you by the Blue Rich Gang, 205-448-1358. That's the number to call in to let your voice be heard on the show, 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. As you're getting your thoughts in here, how about the Alabama softball team recruiting? Patrick Murphy's recruiting right now. Coach Murph is trying to get back to the Women's College World Series next year and win this thing. He's dipped into the transfer portal where he took, where he picked out two huge pieces. One of those, one of these, uh, Ashley Prang. Uh, from Ohio State, big power threat last year for the Buckeyes. Think she had between 20 or 25, between 20 and 25 home runs. So Ashley Prang, big power threat from the Buckeyes. Now with Alabama from, from the transfer portal, and then Matide also picked up Allie Shipman, the catcher from Tennessee. So she immediately replaces one Bailey Hemphill, who. Of course, last season was her final season. Kind of saddened by that. But Alabama goes out there, gets Ashley Prang from Ohio State, gets Allie Shipman from Tennessee. Two huge bats, two huge uh, pieces of leadership for Alabama softball. When you talk about the upcoming season next year in trying to get back to the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City and win it this time around. So as good as it is to talk about the recruiting that Nick Saban's doing for football and that Nate Oates is doing for basketball, seeing uh, my man Patrick Murphy, Coach Murph, go out here 
and do this thing for softball. Really awesome there. Really good there. Some great news in getting those two particular young ladies there from the portal. And, I mean, once again, I know how disappointed U.S. fans were not seeing the softball team win at all after watching everything Montana Fouts did, striking out everybody when it comes to UCLA and Arizona. I still think Murph should have started Montana against Florida State in the national semifinal. I get it. Get Getting Nexi killed for some burn. Getting Nexi killed for some work. You need to have her out there. And Nexi pitched good. She pitched well, absolutely. But when you got Montana out there slinging the ball the way Montana was slinging it, getting strikeout after strikeout after strike, she had 30 Ks combined against Arizona and UCLA. When you got a young woman, a young pitcher out there dealing like that, you got to continue to ride the hot hand. You got to continue to do that. And unfortunately, you know, it didn't happen. And Alabama ended up suffering you know, the loss there in, in both games against Florida State. But that's besides the point. Happy that Coach Murphy out the recruiting got the two girls there from the transfer portal. But that leads us to another break here, folks. But upon our return, we get into one Will Anderson. And while he had a great freshman year, he's not focused on that anymore. His focus is on doing more damage as a sophomore. We'll talk about Anderson and how he's been into this offseason right after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. We are back in, folks. We are back in doing this thing on a Friday number one ticket for Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, yours truly, your man, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciating all of you chatting in, writing in, calling in, donating in, showing us the love here, making this your show. And before we tidy up loose ends with the final topic of conversation, uh, we've got to remind, remind you of TDAware.com. That is TDAware.com. So, for all of you fans still overjoyed with the Crimson Tides National Championship, we want you to check out our championship collection merch. This means you grab you an A10 of them things, folks. Hoodie, T-shirt, or sweatshirt, as well as our Got 18 We Do shirts. Designs that feature all 18 championship years on the back. You head on over to TDAware.com. Do it right now. TDAware.com. Go over Championship Collections merch tab. Get those shirts, that gear today. Showing that support for Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, the student athletes, and us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But 
We can look at Will Anderson now. Will Anderson Jr., last season was a very special year for this young man because, I mean, uh, COVID, uh, no spring, uh, summer was weird. You had a conference-only schedule, all-SEC schedule. Despite all the difficulties, he was able to make the most seamless transition an outside linebacker, become a starter, and have the production that he had and win the awards that he got and achieve the accolades that, that he's achieved. And uh, But with Will, he's not one to hog all of the conversation. He's not one to be the subject of conversation. He, he's one that kind of likes to keep himself low-key and under the radar. But, but uh, Dr. Matt Ray, Dr. Matt Ray this week had to shout his man out on Instagram because last year, uh, Will Anderson put in some good numbers in uh, the speed drills and the strength drills when you discuss things like the, the split jumps, the, the, uh, the, 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 the different exercises that, you know, the players do. You know, Will put in some good numbers last offseason, but this time around, he has exponentially improved. He's exponentially increased his numbers. When you look at his speed performance this offseason, his strength performance this offseason, his explosiveness this offseason, like every drill that Dr. Matt Ray has put Will Anderson through, Will Anderson, you know, through he's gone above and beyond the numbers. And Matt Ray is like, wow, like this dude is going to be doing extreme damage as a sophomore year two at Alabama. And once again, you know, Will's not one for a whole bunch of praise. He's not one for a whole bunch of accolades. It's just put me on the field. Let me do what I do. Let me do my job. Don't talk about me that, that much. And let me walk out of here and enjoy the rest of the day. But just watching what he has done this offseason in the strength room with the strength staff and the speed staff, it's Matt Ray can't help it. He's got to pump his guy up. He's got to support his guy. He's got to support somebody that's got this drive, that's got this work ethic, that has this passion to want to be better and better and better and better. And to me, Will Anderson will be the driving force behind this year's defense being an elite group. Will Anderson will be the driving force. Yes, you've got Phil Mathis. Yes, you've got Christian Harris. Yes, you have Henry Toto. Yes, you have Chris Allen, among other guys. But I look at just the drive of, of Will Anderson and him saying, hey, you know, my freshman year was great. My freshman year was awesome. I did some big things. I turned some heads. I crafted some attention. I generated some buzz. But now that's behind me. I'm in year two now. I'm a sophomore now. So now I'm about to take my game to the next level, which is I'm sacking more quarterbacks. I'm hitting more running backs. I'm creating more turnovers. I'm trying to be, you know, one of the best to ever play here. I go back to remember when Will Anderson first committed and Brian Branch sat there and said that Anderson will be one of the GOATs. He'll be one of the greatest linebackers. He'll be, uh, you know, All-American, one of the best to ever play here. Well, freshman year, you know, Will Anderson cashed that check, you know, nicely that Brian Branch put out. And now he's going to continue to matriculate and, and build that name and build that reservoir and, and build that, uh, that that clientele. So just, just watching him uh, 
throughout this entire offseason. It's going to be fun to watch him in the regular season just due to, and I've mentioned this before, over the last three years, you know, this Alabama defense has hurt nothing but you're not, you're not great as you used to be. You're not dominant as you used to be. You're not elite as you used to be. You're not as special as you used to be. You don't have the players you used to have. And in this season, Bama's got all the ingredients defensively to have just a show-stopping year. And it's going to start at number 31, uh, Will Anderson at that jack linebacker position. I mean, Sal Sanceri has got to be so proud. Just, just so proud to have so many guys at his disposal. And this dude leading the way, Will Anderson already a preseason, you know, first team All-American, you know, candidate for when you look at the Phil Steele list, the Walter Camp list, the Sporting News list. He's already first team. I expect at SEC Media Days coming up here, uh, start on July 19th, that he'll be by the media, you know, first team all SEC. I expect for Will Anderson to be a preseason Butkus Award guy, Chuck Bettenderick Award guy, Bronco Nagurski Award guy. I expect for Will to be on all of those lists. But just awesome that this offseason he's put so much work into taking what he did his freshman year and building on being that much more otherworldly unstoppable in year two as a sophomore for Bataille. But we take a last quick break right here. When we come back from this break, we get into the newest episode of Steven's Soapbox. What am I going to be extremely passionate, somewhat angry about today? Check it out right after this. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. All right, people. All right, people. We're back in here. We're back in here with Steven Soapbox. New week, new episode of Steven Soapbox. And for those of you who don't know what this segment is, it is, a, it is me basically giving my unfiltered, just, you know, cold, hard views of the things that have gone on in Alabama football or things that are going on in Crimson Tide football right now. Just things that get me riled up and kind of passionate a little bit in, in talking about this subject so here we go this episode this episode of steven soapbox will be geared toward mike shula former alabama head coach mike shula and uh, i don't understand this for the life of me i mean I, I will go on twitter i will go on different forms of social media and there will be just alabama fans debating arguing talking with alabama fans going you know we better appreciate what we got with nick saban because once saban leaves it's going to go back to this and they have a picture of mike schumer on the screen or you know it may be an alabama fan arguing debating debating with a rival fan and the rival fan goes you better appreciate coach saban because once you leave once he leave y'all gonna go back to dirt y'all gonna go back to trash y'all gonna go back to this and it's a picture of Mike Shula. And I'm like, really? Shula gets no love? Shula gets no respect whatsoever? I, I mean, 
I appreciate what Nick Saban has done as much as the next person. Don't get me wrong. Proud of what Saban's done. Thankful for what Saban's done. Hopefully he continues to coach here for as long as he wants to. This is in no shape, form, or fashion. Me going against Coach Saban, I'm just saying it's it's incredible how people just lump Mike Schumer with he was negative, he was bad, he was awful, nothing good came from Mike Schumer. Th think of this for a minute. Th think about this for a minute here. J just for one second here. Mike Schumer was in a very different, a very unique situation. He comes after, you know, Gene Stallings, after Mike DeBose, after Dennis Francione, who left the program in the, in the middle of the night. You know, he comes after Mike Price, of whom we had so much high hope for, so much high regard for, and he comes in, has a cup of coffee, does something he has no business doing, and he gets let go of, and we're in a spot where we, Bama needed to coach. Bama needed to coach. Bama didn't know where to go to. You you went through three to four different coaches. Stallings left. You know, DuBose had some good runs but left. You know, Franchoni left in the middle of the night. You know, Mike Price had a cup of coffee, dipped out on the program. You were in need of a coach. And this was, it was at a time where sanctions you have a textbook scandal. You have probations. You were stripped of scholarships. You could not recruit the players you wanted. You couldn't get the players you wanted, so you were behind the eight ball. I mean, could you imagine Nick Saban in a situation where he came into a program that had sanctions, that had probation, and he couldn't recruit the kids he wanted, and he couldn't recruit the players he wanted? I mean, back then, if you were down back, back 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 then, if you in this day and age, if you're down one player, you're behind the eight ball. Could you imagine if Saban was down an entire class? How much behind the eight ball Saban would have been? How messed up the program would have been at? How bad you know we, we would have been behind other teams, other programs that were recruiting at will, that were recruiting at full strength, that were recruiting at full power, and Bama couldn't do that. Could you imagine Nick Saban in that type of predicament? You couldn't imagine it. That's the predicament Mike Schumer was in. He came in, sanctions, scandals, no scholarship, no recruiting power, behind the eight ball, you're playing two and three stars, you're recruiting walk-ons. It's, bear with me, y'all, just bear with me. At some point, I'm going to have the program or try to have it the way we need to have it back. And just bear with me, bear with me, deal with me. This is what Mike Schumer have to tell everybody. Because he came in virtually with two hands tied behind his back. And the program was like, Schumer, good luck. I mean, we got scandals. Um, we got sanctions. Uh, we got busted for textbooks. Uh, we can't recruit the kids we want. Uh, we lost about a good chunk of, a good amount of scholarships. So um, good luck, Schumer. Good luck. You, you, you may try. You can try. If you succeed, great. But, hey, good luck. Schumer came in here already behind the eight ball. And uh, for what he was given, and it was Mike Schumer, don't win national championships. Just keep the boat in the water. We about to be freaking shipwrecked. Just keep the boat in the water. Just keep the boat from not flooding over. Just, just, just hold us in the road, Mike. Just, just, all we need you to do is just hold us in the road. 
Bama at that point was at a time where, yes, you know, Bama still had some cachet behind its name, but the championship cachet was not there. It was just Mike Shula, just keep us from drowning. That's the main thing. 2003, yes, it was a rough year. Bama went 3-8, and eight, if I'm not mistaken. But 2004, look at how Shula turned that around. Bama went 6-6. Six and six. And then 2005, people forget how glorious that year was. We talk about the buzz that Saban created in 08. And yes, Saban created buzz. But Shula started that buzz in 05. Went 10-2. and two. Shula had folks going, what the Sam Hill going on in Bama? They winning? They winning, winning? Like, they winning, winning, winning? Like, Saban, like Shula had Bama winning. And, and Shula had Bama winning with players that were not heavily recruited. Probably the one most heavily recruited guy, Freddie Roach. If not more than him, but definitely Freddie Roach. But defensively, that defense in 05, number one in the country. And that defense had dogs. Rudy Griffin was on that defense. Wallace Gilbert was on that defense. Big Zoe Washington, Bobby Greenwood, the linebackers. You had Prince Hall, Ezekiel Knight. D'Amico Ryans, Freddie Roach, Juwan Simpson, that secondary, Simeon Castilla, Charlie Pepper, Romy, Roman Harper, Ramsey, Bino Robinson. Those guys were dogs. Those guys were flat dogs. And they brought it every single week. People forget that 05 team at one point in time was freaking 9-0. The poll was USC, Texas, Bama. USC, Texas, Bama. And if not for a loss to LSU, if not for a loss to Auburn, that team plays for an SEC championship. And if it would have won, who knows what the heck would have happened. Shula created a lot of buzz. Shula created a lot of excitement for what he was given. And I understand 20, 2006, Alabama went back to 6-6 six and six and what have you. But for, for, for what it was worth, for what it was worth, Came in, two hands behind your back, stripped of scholarships, didn't have recruiting power, playing two and three stars, playing walk-ons, going into these kids' homes, begging them, saying, look, we don't have a whole lot. Just work with me. Please just work with me, and we'll be able to achieve something. We'll be able to get to something. We'll be able to acquire something. I've had opportunities to talk with a lot of Schumer guys a lot of Shula players, and, and they've all said, hey, if not for Shula, we don't have Nick Saban. If not for Shula, we don't get Saban. Somebody had to hold the Alabama program in the role for that period of time, and Shula was the right guy to do it. If we don't have him in here doing as best as he could to hold that program, this program in the role, we, 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 we don't have Saban coming to this program. I've talked to Chris Rogers who said it. I've talked to Mike McCoy who said it. I've talked to Eric Anders who said it. I've talked to Matt Cadell who said it. I've talked to Marquise Mays who said I mean, all of those guys, well, not Marquise Mays, but the Shunga guys that played under Shunga and Saban, they have said it. If Bama doesn't have Shunga, Bama doesn't have Saban. Bama needed Shunga to get through the rough and difficult time it was under. So to me, it irks me when I look at social media and, and it goes, <laughs> hopefully save and keep going because we don't need to go back to Shula. 
Shunga was terrible. Shunga was awful. Shunga was bad. You tried coaching at Alabama when you got no scholarships, when you have no power of recruiting, when you have no four or five stars, when you're playing with two and three stars and walkos and blue chippers, and you're trying by all means necessary to hold the darn car in the road. You try to do it. Ain't easy, is it? Nah, it ain't easy. So put some respect on Shuma. Put some love on Shuma. It was not all terrible. It was not as bad as what so many people call it out to be. You needed Shuma to have Saban. That's just my gripe there. That's just my soapbox here for today. Gotta show some love there for Mike Shuma. Love Coach Shuma. But as always, people, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage here on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you got the Android phone. For your audio listening needs, we got you covered right here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Overcast.fm, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or, or iHeartRadio got you covered there. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Monday continuing the conversation that is tight football. As always, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent to your door. That link will be found in the description. If you're also trying to cop that new edition, fresh edition, print edition of TDA, the magazine, you can get that by going to touchdownalabama.com. Click join, become a member, a subscriber today. That link in the description. And if you're also trying to get you that four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of our guys that we own, the fourthquarter.com that link in the description as well but until next time folks husbands love your wives wives appreciate value those husbands children weekend is here weekend is in but still continue doing the right thing the fun thing the smart thing the good thing the legitimate thing to not be bored you get you those three hearty meals a day those three great laughs a day protect yourself protect the loved ones around you until next time folks spending my own words Thank <laughs> you.